Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Double Play Podcast. In this episode, Ryan and I are going to recap a crazy divisional series and look into the crystal ball for each of the eight teams that played in both the ALDS and the NLDS, seeing what we see in each team's future. And at the end, we're doing a baseball things draft. Without further ado, let's get into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Double Play. Jack and I are back together after Jack's little absence, but we've got baseball to talk about. Baseball is not wait up for us, so we've got to talk about it. Division series is over. The LCS is underway. The Padres and Phillies are actually playing as we speak. Oh, let's get into run. it. There's another home run. Four two now. Four two. Josh Bell just hit a solo homer. Oh wow! So so we got we got ourselves a game, but uh, so today we're going to be doing a crystal ball instead of what we did last week, uh, where we kind of previewed each series and then recapped each series. We're going to See what we see in the future for the eight teams that played in the divisional series round while kind of giving our predictions for the championship series that is now underway and the World Series a little bit as well. So without further ado, let's get into it. Baseball. Baseball. I think that's the best way to put it. And I'm finally, you know, I'm happy to be back. Had to miss last week. Not only was I not on the episode, I didn't speak pretty much all of last week. Tonsils felt like little blueberries in the back of my throat. It was just not a fun experience. Didn't talk to anyone. Didn't really get to do any work uh, or anything like that. So it was not fun. Got a lot of chance to watch some baseball, though. That was one of the craziest divisional rounds ever, and we're not going to go series by series and recap it, but looking into the future of each team, we can get into the crystal ball segment. Basically, what we're going to do, little crystal ball in front of you, figuring out what we see in each team's future, including some things that are going to happen in the in the championship series or the offseason or even further beyond. We're going to go series by series, split up the two teams, and then say, who, what do we see in that team's future? So for me, when I look into the crystal ball for the San Diego Padres, who just beat the Dodgers in four games, absolutely lighting up San Diego, I see the formation of one of the league's best bullpens. They had so many guys just have fantastic seasons for them. Robert Suarez, Nick Martinez, Steven Wilson, Luis Garcia, Tim Hill, Pierce Johnson, Adrian Morajon. There's so many names that had fantastic seasons for the Padres. And I think one key part of the Padres bullpen, as you as a Dodgers fan noticed this series, they all throw gas. Outside of guys like Tim Hill, who are more loopy, throw kind of slow, they have some some just fire breathers in that bullpen who come in, they throw cheddar, and they get people out, a lot of strikeouts. Against the Dodgers, the bullpen only allowed one run and six hits in 16 innings. Maybe the key reason why the Padres moved on to the National League Championship Series, and then you look at the back end. Someone who had a tough season, but really locked it down for the Padres is looking like the closer that we know and fear, Josh Hader. Since September 7th, 13.2 innings pitched, no runs, five hits, two walks, 20 strikeouts. I think the Padres are going to have one of the league's best bullpens in the years to come. Yeah, that was, it was tough to watch. Dodgers just went quiet on offense. And for me with the Padres, I see a team that's going to be pretty dangerous for the next few years at least. I mean... They're doing this right now without Tatis, which is crazy to say. I mean, that's that was their star player going into the season. I mean, Machado's doing a great, uh, or he's been great in his absence. Obviously, an MVP candidate. And then you add Juan Soto to that with two more years of control. And then, obviously, like you talk about the bullpen, that's going to be great for a few years. That's a dangerous team going forward. The only question mark is going to be the pitching depth. With You've got Darvish is aging. He only has one more year of control. 
Blake Snell and Mike Clevenger are free agents this year. You traded Mackenzie Gore to get Juan Soto. So the starting pitching depth is going to be a little bit of a question mark that they'll have to address going forward. They do have Joe Musgrove locked up for a while now, though. But I see a team that's going to be dangerous, going to challenge the Dodgers for the division. We thought that would happen last year. They ended up missing the playoffs. And then this year, Dodgers kind of ran away in the regular season. But I see a team that is going to be dangerous in the postseason and then maybe make a run at that division crown next year. Yeah, and of course, um, the Dodgers have won the NL West for so many years outside of last year. It kind of run the division. The Padres, if you have a a three healthy, non-juiced, back-in-the-lineup trio of Manny Machado, Juan Soto, and Fernando Tatis, like those three players alone can compete with pretty much any team in the league. And the Padres, I think, show that maybe they're turning a corner by actually being able to beat the Dodgers for once. They came in, what they had lost, like... It was like something in the last 20 games. They had just been absolutely dominated by Los Angeles, and they come in, they take three of four to beat the Dodgers in four games and in just a five-game series. So uh, the Padres right now playing in the National League Championship Series. We both picked the the Phillies going into the series. Uh, the Phillies ended up winning game one in San Diego. They scored four runs in the bottom of the second today when we're recording this, but so far San Diego's responded in the bottom of the second against Aaron Nola with two solo shots. So the Padres, their season's not over yet, but I definitely think that you're right they can be a dangerous team going forward and we always thought that was the potential they kind of I don't know they just kind of trudged along in the regular season but they've really turned it on in the playoffs they've lit up San Diego the fan base is just so electric so I think there's a lot of, of stuff it's good stuff to come I think for San Diego in in the future seasons your Dodgers though who lost to the Padres in four after the one seed by who won 111 games in the regular season and only one in the playoffs when you look into the crystal ball for your for your guys what do you see I see it in a very important offseason coming up there's a lot of question marks going into this I know that's kind of a cop-out answer that's me basically saying saying I don't see what's coming but uh there's going to be a lot of change coming is what I do see You've got Trey Turner, free agent. You've got a decision to make on Cody Bellinger, who rumors they don't know what they're going to do with him yet. Clayton Kershaw, is a, he's a free agent. Close retirement, he says he wants to play again, so you feel like that's a must to bring him back at this point. Justin Turner, you got a club option there. You're paying him quite a bit of money. for. He's a good third baseman, but he's getting $16 million. Do you want to try and decline that and re-sign him to a short deal? Is he going to retire? Another question mark there at the other... Your other young guys, uh, like Julio Arias and Will Smith, guys like that, you're going to have to pay them extensions at some point. That's something to, to look for. And I think what their focus needs to be on and kind of the issue that we've seen in the last few years, they have the talent to be a great regular season team. So they need to add players with kind of like a, a track record maybe for for performing in the postseason, and they, they, they had that in previous years. Seager was the, went off in that 2020 postseason. Jocktober they had before. Kike Hernandez always came up with some clutch hits, and it seems like that's what they lack this year. Uh, they would get guys on base and kind of lack the clutch hit, so maybe when you're signing players, maybe you focus on that, but I see some moves needed needing to be made for the Dodgers this offseason. Yeah, when I look into the crystal ball for the Dodgers, If I'm being honest, I see another disappointment next year unless something gets changed. And I think that, I mean, obviously that makes sense, but 
They continue to win 100 plus games and then just fall short in the postseason. You can believe whatever you want about the 2020 season. I think you can't say that it doesn't count, but I don't think that you can value it the same as a full 162 game World Series with a full postseason, everything like that. I don't think that they're the exact same thing. And when you don't include that World Series win, the Dodgers haven't won a full season World Series since 1988, and they've never won a World Series in a season where they won 100 plus games. So they keep getting bigger, badder, and better off each offseason, but they just haven't been able to get over that hump. So I just think something needs to change or the results won't. You've had just so many years where this has been a consistent, you know, thorn in the side of the Dodgers where ever since they hired Dave Roberts uh, going into the 2016 season, they've gone 2016, 91 wins lost in the championship series. 27, 2017, 104 wins lost in the World Series. 2018, 92 wins lost in the World Series. 2019, 106 lost in the DS. 2021, 106 wins lost in the CS. And then this year, 111 wins and you lose in the division series. So I know they're just such a fantastic team. And I was talking with one of my USC football coworkers yesterday is like, are you going to punish a team just because they're always right there and they haven't been able to get it done? Like just because they're a consistently 100 win team doesn't mean that that's bad. Like, why are you punishing a team for consistently being there? But at the same time, eventually you're going to win the, the National League West. And are you discontent with being there? I don't think so. so. So I think something needs to change, whether that's changing the energy around the clubhouse, like you mentioned, going after players that have, you know, better playoff track record or, you know, a little bit more underdog guys instead of just going after the best players to win as many regular season games as possible. Or if it were up to me, I think you got to fire Dave Roberts. Of course, this has been discussed for a long time. People have differing opinions on it. He does make some poor bullpen moves, which we just saw in this last series. But then again, he also has led a couple hundred win teams. But I just think when you look at it, you're giving a manager the best, the best roster, the best team, one of the best GMs in baseball. He's had so many years just hasn't gotten over the hump outside of the 2020 year, which you can believe whatever you want. The Dodgers have not been able to get over the hump with Dave Roberts. And maybe it's not his fault, but I think something needs to change or else you're going to have the same results that you've had for a while now. I feel like and this is just a quick kind of sidetrack question to ask you. Uh, you mentioned all those records. The 2017 I want to focus on. If that says 2017, 104 wins and wins the World Series in which they lost against the in seven games against the Astros, so we know what was happening. Is this narrative different and like drastically different? Is it like, okay, I do, I, I also do, I'll give up. I do agree with the last three full season, 19, 21, and 22. There's got to be something better there, not even a World Series appearance in, in those three seasons. So I, I don't disagree with that. This is a disappointment, but I'm just curious. And if they win in 2017, it's it, it'll forever be a question mark. How different is the narrative surrounding the Dodgers run and Dave Roberts in general and just the team in general. I think, I mean, it would clearly, he'd have something to point to as like, no, look, this is like, we did this. But at the same time, I think focusing on those last three full seasons, I don't know, like, I don't think that Dave Roberts can look and say like, hey, look, I won us 2017 and I didn't lose us these years. Like, I just feel like the roster has been so good the last four years. So it's kind of like three and a half, the last like three and a half years that you could throw any manager in there and you might see the same results, if not better, because Dave Roberts, as I think you and I would both agree, has done things to sink the Dodgers in certain games, um, like bringing out uh, Yancy Almonte in a what, 0-1 count or a 1-0 count. It's like there's just there's decisions that Dave Roberts make that I think sets the Dodgers back and gives them something they have to make up for. 
I just think even if it's not his fault, like something has to change, especially you just look at those last three full seasons. You can't win over 106 games in the last three full seasons and not make it to the World Series and only make it to the Championship Series once. Like That's just unacceptable. I, I do agree with it, but also if you win in 2017, then you're looking at two World Series wins in seven years as manager, so it's it, it's hard to knock that. But yeah, I, I, I do agree with it. And, and let's move on. To the Phillies, which is the other series in the National League, they beat the Braves, the defending champs, in four games, and they kind of made it look easy a little bit. They kind of they lost, or they won game one, lost game two, and kind of handled games three and four at home to win that series in four. Jack, looking into your ball, what do you see for the Phillies going forward? Now, this may seem like low-hanging fruit considering they're already up one nothing and they're up four to two in the game and game two today but we just haven't we've had some schedule mix-ups where we haven't been able to record until today but i see a trip to the world series as crazy as that may seem for the phillies i don't think i need any stats to describe what i've seen from them so far this postseason they're gritty exciting passionate energized and they're out to prove us and everyone in baseball wrong we literally had an episode a couple weeks ago when it looked like the phillies were going to miss the playoffs they got some help from the marlins beating the brewers they sneak their way just barely into the postseason and they've wiped everyone. Like they've looked like the best team in the postseason. They're crushing baseballs. Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola are, are just shutting people down on the other side of things. And everyone is contributing. They look like they're having the best time. They look like they're having the most fun. They look like the most gelled team out of any postseason squad. And they're already up one nothing on the Padres with a chance to win game two. I think the Phillies are going to the World Series, which is just so crazy considering how many times this year you could probably count that team out after firing Joe Girardi, after having a tough stretch looking like they might miss the playoffs and the Brewers sneak in, be in the last seed, and I think they're going to go to the World Series, which is it's just crazy, but I, I'm excited for Philadelphia. They've earned this. I mean, they clearly want it more than anyone in the National League. I think they're going to the World Series. For me, uh, this ball's a little bit blurry. Uh, this is another one where it's hard for me to tell what's coming. And You didn't, you you didn't me, quite get the, the point of this exercise. If you had asked me 30 minutes ago, I would have said the Padres are going to the World Series, but now they're up 4-2, the chance to go up 2-0, both wins on the road. Maybe, that's a, maybe that changes. But uh, I, I think in terms of breaking it down, the record will probably get better next year. Uh with a full Bryce Harper season. And they realized at the deadline that they needed some bullpen arms. They got uh, David Robertson. I think they got another one, a couple like minor guys. But if you address that in the offseason and you get a decent bullpen, I ended up saying, I see another playoff run next year. Not not the division with the Braves and the Mets still there, still going to be strong. But I do see the Phillies as another playoff playoff team, wildcard team next year. Uh, that's what I see in my blurry ball. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, obviously, they've got Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, Bryce Harper, and pretty much everyone else just having their big moments with a Brandon Marsh home run, Nick Castellanos game-saving diving catch uh, in the ninth inning. Just everyone is making their mark on the playoffs so far for Philly, and there's a chance that they're going to the World Series. So we'll see. Obviously, we're super excited to watch both championship series work themselves out. The team they beat, though, in the National League Division Series was a very trendy pick to win the World Series because they're the defending champs. The Atlanta Braves lost the Phillies in four games after getting the two seed and the bye and getting to that you know momentous uh, NL East division win over the Mets in the last couple weeks of the year they ended up 
it was neither of them that ended up moving on. It was the Phillies who finished third place in the East. When you look at the crystal ball for the Braves, who definitely disappointed this this offseason or this uh, this postseason, what do you see? I see a juggernaut forming uh, with this team. All of their young talent is locked up for pretty cheap for a long, long time. Most of them, I mean, you got, what is it, Matt Olson, Acuna, Michael Harris, Ozzy Albies, Austin Riley, uh, Spencer, Spencer Strider, Strider, Max Fried. I, uh, Max, like, that's <laughs> that right there, you put it around anyone. That's a World Series contending team every year. So what I ended up saying, I, I see another World Series trophy in the next two to three years, and then maybe two, one to two more after that in this current era of Braves baseball. And before we get to yours, uh, Crystal Ball prediction, question that I just kind of wanted to bring up, uh, just curious to see, did the first round buy mean anything? I mean, we saw, because I mean, there was a lot of speculation when the Dodgers and Braves lost that maybe those teams were coming out cold. Uh, you even saw players around the league who weren't in the playoffs, like, I'm no expert, I'm not in the clubhouse, but I saw, like, interesting how the teams got buys came out cold interesting to see if you mean anything obviously it was also said the yankees were down two to one where it was looking like they could maybe lose as well and the astro would be the only first round buy moving on so the yankees end up coming back and moving on so did that first round buy mean anything to you i think it's lazy analysis to say that it's because they had a buy which is why they lose because the buy helps so much in baseball i think in other sports like like football other things you you do definitely maybe take a step back physically where you know you, you have you're not getting hit as hard and like that the wild card teams are but in baseball you get a chance to rest your pitching for the first time all year you line up your one your two your three starters against the other teams you know four or five starters sometimes for the first couple games so i don't think it's the buy that being said when you look at a team like the dodgers maybe the braves maybe even the Mets as they went in favored over the over the Padres. If you go into the postseason thinking that you have a leg up or hearing all the time that you're supposed to win, you know, you're the Braves, you just won 100 games, you're facing the Phillies who barely eked into the playoffs. You hear the noise and sometimes it's hard to stay motivated and not feel like the team to beat. You know, the Dodgers for so many years, like when you win the division every year, you win 100 plus games. It's hard to, you know, maintain that that killer instinct the 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 we're just going to go out there and beat the 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 brakes off any team that we have to go out there and play you kind of sometimes feel like all right we're just gonna they're gonna roll in and we're gonna do our thing because we're the better team and sometimes you know in in especially in baseball you need that we're philadelphia we got nothing to lose we're a ragtag group the 2010 giants had that like there's just so many teams that have come through the playoffs like even the red sox last year where you know we're not supposed to be here so we have nothing to lose let's go beat them the dodgers are the team to beat it's hard sometimes when you're on that bye and you are the team to beat i think it's hard to you know stay motivated and and look at it as in like we're going to go out there and play the same baseball no matter who we're playing against no matter what people think of us I, I do agree with, with that aspect of it, and I also kind of agree to extent. I, I, I didn't like making the excuse like about the first round bye because previously when you got the bye, it was only you wait out one wild card game. Now it's an, it was a, it was an extra week or a few days compared to last year. But uh, I mean, you mentioned how, how much the bye does for pitching, but also as a hitter, uh, a week off from hitting, uh, at least facing live pitching. And I know they face their their own guys in workouts, but baseball is a game of consistency. And 
I mean, the Dodgers also have a reputation of their bats going cold in the playoffs anyway, but uh, the last few years. But maybe that had something to do with it this year. The, they get a week off from in-game hitting and bats go cold. Baseball is a game of consistency. But like I said, I didn't like to make that excuse. Just curious to see. Uh, maybe we'll see a trend, and I think one year is far too small of a sample size to say get rid of the buys. But if we go a few more years with this playoffs system and the one and two seeds to get buys and they they keep losing maybe then it's something to look at but for now i i agree i don't think it's a valid excuse and i think the the one piece that maybe makes a little bit more sense is not the teams coming off of a buyer at a disadvantage but the teams that do play in the wild card and get a win especially in a case like the padres where they beat a team they weren't supposed to beat that does give you maybe a little bit jolt of energy of like hey, we just beat the Mets, we can go in there and beat the Dodgers. Like That's maybe the one piece that I would listen to about the buy, that the wildcard teams might have a slight advantage. But that being said, you had to throw out Mike Clevenger against Julio Arias in game one, and you lost it. So I just think sometimes it's a matter of how the teams match up, and it's not exactly how the buy shakes out. I don't know if you agree with that part as well. but Yeah, a, a little bit. And slight diversion, back to the back to the main segment for today. Uh what do you see in the crystal ball for the Atlanta Braves? Uh, so after picking the Mets to win the NL East all year, I see the Braves running it back as the NL East champions. I'm off the Mets. I'm on the Braves. After winning the World Series last year, they made sure to lock up all that young talent, like you mentioned. And I think it's going to continue to pay off. Uh, unlike other teams, I'm not concerned about this disappointment in the playoffs long term like I'm not looking at it like I look at the Dodgers because the Braves won the World Series last year because they had that underdog mentality I think they got caught a little off guard this year with the Phillies rolling in Uh, the Braves I think had felt like maybe they made it a little bit more than last year where they were that ragtag group throughout the entire postseason and also just had some guys that weren't 100% Ronald Acuna clearly has been hampered all year Spencer Strider uh, looked like I think he was injured he was only scheduled to go a couple innings and he just got blasted in his start so I think that they just they're gonna heal up they've already got all the young talent it's gonna be a rather stress-free offseason They've got a decision to make on Dansby Swanson, but other than that, I think they've got a lot of young talent already locked up. They're going to continue to gel better, gel together better. The young players will improve, like Michael Harris, Strider, some of the other pitchers. I think that they run it back as NLE's champions. I think they're right back with a bye next year. I'm not too concerned about the Braves long-term, despite the disappointment. And maybe you add DeGrom to that. And I think the reason that they haven't locked up Dansby, or maybe part of the reason is they want to test out some of the big shortstops. So if you end up with one of DeGrom or maybe Trey Turner going back to the East Coast, I mean, just another huge piece that we've heard rumored to this team that would just totally make their young talent and core even better than it currently is. Team that is still in the playoffs, the juggernaut, seems like they're the favorite now to win it, unfortunately. The Houston Astros, they sweep the Mariners in thrilling fashion. It was a sweep, but it was kind of a little closer than it than it showed to be on paper. The it was a come from behind win uh, in game one after Verlander got lit up early, and then an eighteen inning win, an eighteen inning one nothing win on the road in Seattle to close it out. So, what do you see for this this Astros team now and going forward? What's going to happen? Yeah, when I look into the crystal ball for the Astros, I see a real true 
earned World Series banner hanging in Minute Maid Park next year. I mean, I predicted the Astros to win the World Series coming into the postseason. Everything that has happened so far has only made me more confident in that because we can talk about the NL all we want where they've got scrappy teams. But the truth of the matter is the Astros, I think, are going to the World Series and all three 100 and 100 plus win teams have already lost and been eliminated in the National League. So I think if the Astros get to the World Series, they'll have home field advantage. I think they're going to have an easy shot uh, to win the World Series. And even in the ALCS, if you don't want to look past that they get a Yankees team coming off an absolutely grueling series they're gonna have no off day going into game one it was a five game series for the Yankees they had used a lot of pitching uh, they, they had a, a rain out so they they're not gonna have that off day going in to face Justin Verlander of all people in game one so I think they've got so many great players with Jordan Alvarez looking like the best hitter in all of baseball sometimes they've got the best bullpen in the league one of the best starting rotations in the league and then they've got you know Alex Bregman who's made the championship series every full season of his career. They've got Jeremy Pena pulling off his best Brandon Belt impression with an 18th inning home run in the postseason. Uh, they've just got a lot of guys, including guys like Altuve, who still haven't gotten going. So I think the Astros make it to the World Series. I think they win it just like I did pre uh, pre postseason, which was like the only the only good prediction I had going into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I'm glad you recognize that portion because I'm getting slammed on TikTok for my. For, for my uh, predictions this postseason. And what I see for this Astros team is I see them handling the Yankees and, yes, also winning winning the World Series this year. I, I was, like, trying to justify not picking them. I was going to make a clever comment. Cause I was going to piggyback off what you said, and I was going to say, I see a banner too, but the banner says AL champions or something like that. But, uh, yeah, for all the, all the same reasons, they're just the best team left and – I think as for the Yankees, obviously they're on paper the toughest competition right now for the Astros going forward, and I think the Yankees would have a chance. But like you said, they're going in so fatigued. The five game series, uh, no off days. It, it's just tough. I mean, and a hard fought series that they have to come off of. You already saw Nestor go on three days rest, and he did. I mean, he did great on three days rest, but. Uh, Multiple three days rest starts in a series, and when you're going to need them potentially, I mean, you got Verlander versus Tyone in Houston right now for Game One. So if you fall down early, you're going to need more short day, short rest starts, and back to back of those, could, they could get very tough, and it might not go as well as it went the first time around. So yes, for the Astros, see them winning another World Series, as much as I did not want to do it. Well, yeah, I think it just makes the most sense right now. Uh, the team they beat, the Seattle Mariners, the Mariners were kind of dominated by the Astros all year, but they made it a close series, even though it was a sweep, like you mentioned. They should have had game one. They were just one hit away in any of the extra innings in the 18-inning game uh, in game three to extending the series. So I thought the Mariners, even though they got swept, played pretty well uh, against the Houston Astros. And when I look in the crystal ball at the future of the Mariners, I see a consistent second place spot in the AL West. And that's not saying that that's not a good thing. The Astros are just so good. I think they're going to win the division. But this year, when we came into the season, we looked at that crop of three teams in the West with the Mariners, the Angels, and the Rangers saying like, how is this going to shake out? And I think the Mariners prove that they're going to consistently be the best team of those three. I think they're consistently going to be in the playoffs as the second team in the AL West. They didn't quite get over the hump of beating Houston, but 
Julio Rodriguez only getting better. You've got some young pitching. You've got some pieces. They can even add in free agency if they want. So I think that they're just going to continue to build themselves up. They've got second place, I think, in the AL West, locked for the future. Now they're just going to try and gear up to beat the big bad in the Houston Astros. So even though they got swept, I was uh, I was inspired by the Mariners this postseason, and I think that they're going to continue to improve. With the Mariners team, I, I went a little bit more long-term with this one. This one, I understood the assignment of the crystal ball. So for two to three years, I see them as being in little brother, you know, getting second place. Definite wildcard teams in that time, though, like you, you mentioned, making the playoffs. And then after that, when Altuve, Bregman, uh, Verlander, they're, they're all getting older, uh, Yuli Gurriel, Astros still have a great young core, but when those guys start to age, I see that being a tight race for the division for a few years. And then once those guys are completely retired... I think this is the Mariners' division. They've got the pieces to do it long-term. They're young. They're talented. They're exciting. They're fun. So that's my little plan for the Mariners' crystal ball, what I see for them. But this is the start. We saw a long time of them not making the playoffs. I think this is the start of consistent playoff baseball in Seattle. And it's fun to watch. The Mariners are have a great crowd, great young, exciting team. Mariners are back in the playoffs, and I think they're here to stay. You love to see it. You love to see Seattle in the postseason. They they had a little bit of a run. I know it didn't go quite as planned losing to the Astros, but I think the Mariners fans should be proud. Let's get into the Yankees yesterday in a weird series that had some rainouts and was a long series with some walk-off wins and stuff like that. They beat the Guardians in five grueling games. And when I look at the Yankees crystal ball, I don't have them going to the World Series and beating the Astros, but I see Aaron Judge as a Yankee for life. Now, yesterday the video came out after his home run against the Guardians of, you know, kissing the the Yankees logo on his jersey. But I've always felt for a long time, I think, that he would stay in New York because just when is the last time you saw a key Yankees free agent leave New York. Like I, I don't remember the last time that I can remember that happening. So I, I really think that the Yankees are going to look at it like he's one of the best players we've ever developed, one of the best players we've ever had in modern history, coming off one of the best seasons the sport has ever seen. And when you put it that way, how are the, the Yankees going to let him play elsewhere? Like how, how are they going to let him get away? So I know it's fun to think about Aaron Judge joining the Giants or playing in some other uniform, but I just really don't think the Yankees let him leave in free agency. I think that he's permanently going to be a Yankee for the rest of his career. I just don't see him leaving the Bronx. For me, my crystal ball, I saw something similar. I'm not going to commit to Judge coming back, but I see an offseason where they're going to shell out a lot of money. We saw uh, a disappointing run last year in the in free agency. They couldn't get Correa. They couldn't get Seager. Uh, they were in, in and all the big names. Couldn't get them in on Freddie Freeman. But... Like I said, I'm not going to commit to Judge coming back. I, I I love what Aaron Judge is doing right now, and I think it's a great negotiation tactic from the business side, but also just as a fan. I mean, kissing the logo. He, yeah, and he, he said after the game that that was a nod to the English Premier League starting because the soccer players do that when they score a goal. And all of his New Yorker nowhere shirts uh, that, that he wears to, to, to games, I think it's very comedic, and I think it'll be... Very funny if he ends up leaving in free agency. But I think even if Judge doesn't come back, I, I don't think they miss out again. Like I said, I expect them to be big buyers and try and win that World Series. Cause like we said, we don't think they're going to get it this year. They're gonna, I think they're going to go buy. Maybe that's Kray if he opts out, making a run at him or Trey Turner or 
DeGrom, who knows? They're going to throw some money at somebody, and they're going to try and stick around because they're not ready to leave. And uh, New York, they're never ready to leave. But that's what I see for the Yankees. Yeah, I, I can definitely see it. And sticking on the, the free agency side of things, when I look at the crystal ball for the Cleveland Guardians, I see interest from free agents to go play in Cleveland. Now, I don't know if the, the Guardians are going to spend very much money. They've got a pretty low payroll, but they've given out extensions to Jose Ramirez, which makes me think they might want to. I'm not 100% sure, but the, the Guardians made the most noise out of any young team this year, the youngest roster, an underdog team, and went toe-to-toe with two American League Giants and the Yankees and the Rays with some roaring cloud, crowds in, in Cleveland. And I think all the noise that they made this year will attract free agents on top of the fact that they've got an easy path through a division title, they've got that loyal fan base, and they've got one of the best managers in baseball in Terry Francona. So I don't know if the Guardians will spend money, but I think free agents will look at Cleveland as a spot that they want to go play and join a young team that's already made some noise and has the ability to win the division for years to come. Yeah, I mean, we were very positive and very kind in all of our crystal ball predictions, but not me for the Guardians. I see a regression next year. Uh, maybe a similar record, but uh, I don't see it being enough to win the division. Maybe a wild card team, even though they're the youngest team, they were helped out by a disappointing season from the White Sox, who we thought were going to win close to 100 games and kind of be the best team in the American League. And I think the White Sox will take back the division like they did last. They had it la- or last year, I guess, 2021. Under some new leadership, I think this the White Sox division. They're going to take it again. I don't think they're going to disappoint next year. I think they're going to learn from it. They were a little banged up and had some disappointing seasons from different guys. So with the Guardians, I see a regression, and I don't think they're going to win the division again. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, the AL Central is just so weird. It's kind of like, I feel like it's the, the NFC East uh, of certain years in, in the NFL where they just they're not the best and they kind of beat each other up and it's it's a really weird division but i think the guardians have a shot and i think free agents will be interested but that's all we got for the crystal ball segment maybe we got to make this a regular on the show when it, going certain teams maybe this off season but i think it's fun to just to take a step back look into the future instead of making current predictions which we know everyone kind of gets wrong like who would have expected the padres and the phillies in the national league championship series so maybe we'll just go crystal ball instead of doing predictions even though some of them are kind of the same thing but let's get into the final segment instead of doing questions we're gonna do a little draft we're gonna do a baseball things draft so anything to do with the sport of baseball outside of just teams and specific players just things random things to do with baseball we flipped a coin before the show ryan's got the first pick we're doing a five five thing roster so we're not a snake draft ryan's gonna go first i'll go second we're each gonna draft five things about baseball yeah first pick i gotta go driving home with dad after you just had a good game little league it doesn't matter little league high school college driving back from your San Diego Padres versus Phillies game in the championship series. That's number one pick. Yeah, I think I think that that's an under. It's like a it's kind of just a staple in the league, and it's kind of got a, the other opposite where if it's a bad game, you don't want to be driving home. But that's what makes it even better when there is a good game. I'm I'm happy that you didn't take my number one pick. Watching a walk-off home run. I don't think there's anything better in all of sports than seeing a walk-off home run, whether it's on TV, whether it's in person. Give me a walk-off home run as my number one overall pick. Wasn't even on my board, so I wasn't going to take it. Second pick, I'm going waking up in the morning to watching Quick Pitch on a day after your team just won. 
All right, I like it, I like it. Number two, my second pick, I'm gonna go with the smell of a crisp baseball field. You got the cut grass, you've got the dirt, you've got the chalk being laid out in the morning on a cold fall day sometimes. The smell of a crisp field is where it's at. My third pick, I'm going with bobbleheads. That's it. No, no analysis. Just bobbleheads. I like it. Bobble I think bobbleheads are great. You know, they're fun to bobble. Clearly, they're fun to collect. They look great. Again, you still haven't taken one that's on my list. So I, I like the way the draft is is going out so far. Number three for me, and this one's really exciting, is when your team makes a big move. Whether it's a free agent, whether it's a trade, you get that notification that your team has made a big move, gotten a player, gotten a pitcher. That's it for me. Fourth pick. I'm going to let one slip here. I'm hoping for it to get it back on five. I'm going with the Marlins man at four. I think he's just great. You, when you're watching him, you're like, hey, there's the Marlins man. So I think it's just cool. He's a cool guy. When you're so iconic that people copy you to try and look like you on TV, I think that that's when you know that you're draft worthy, you're draft eligible. I'm going to combine a couple of things that I have on my board, which is when you get a souvenir at a game from a player. So they're either tossing you up a ball, they're giving you an autograph. I think that's just one of the highlights when you're a kid going to a baseball game. Fifth pick, and honestly kind of shocked you let this slip here. It's wiffle ball. Wiffle ball running out my list. Damn it. I knew I was, I, I, I kind of felt like I was missing something. Mm, that means I got a lot of things to choose from. And I think I'm going to go, I'm going to go right here. Benches clearing brawl. I think that's that's worthy of my five spot. It's got upside where it's some of the most exciting moments that you remember forever, like Jose Bautista and Rugnet Odor. Got, gave me a lot of upside with my fifth overall pick. There you go. That's our draft. Let us know who won. I think I did. Just... Pretty, pretty pretty easy at that one there but <laughs> anyways I, don't know. I, I think i think i won okay well we'll, we'll, let, we'll let people decide i'm sure tiktok will see this tiktok will decide but that's been our episode for today is there any update i haven't really checked it's still four to still two in the game two. right now so we've got some good baseball ahead of us this is what we see for the eight teams that were in the division series What's going to happen going forward for them? That's what we think. Let us know what you think. And uh, Jack, take us home for the oh, episode, yeah. unless you got anything else to say. No, that's all I've got. I just uh, We're going to do more drafts in the future, so leave us some ideas about what we should draft. Well, anything about baseball, I think we thought the next fun one would be fictional baseball characters. So I guess that's maybe next episode you got something to look forward to. But if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're leaving a like, leaving a comment, hitting that notification bell, and subscribing to the YouTube. If you're on any other podcast platforms like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you're liking the show, leaving a five-star review for us, and turning on the notification bell there as well. Our socials are up here, and our personal socials are right there below our torso. So make sure you're checking those out we'll see you guys next week enjoy baseball enjoy the championship series and we'll see you next time around we've been the double play podcast we'll see you next time